You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. When it comes to the Bible as, as well as various dictionaries, there are just so many definitions of faith. Some definitions I kind of just push to the side because they don't really line up with Scripture. But one definition of faith that you can find uh, in the dictionary as well as it being implied in scripture of faith is persuasion. Persuasion in one sense means to have a set of beliefs that you trust. You've got a set of beliefs that you trust. And your beliefs can be in reference to people or things. One of my persuasions or beliefs that that I trust in reference to a person is God. I know from experience, as well as according to scripture, that God is real. No question about it. He is real. I have read about it, but I have also experienced him for myself. And I am persuaded based upon my experience and his word that God can do anything save fail. I wonder if you have that same testimony. Now that there are times to where things and people trying to make me change my belief about God. You, you have experienced that whether well, things or people try to change what you know to be true about your Savior. And, and I have wrestled, I have wrestled with things that attack my mind even though I knew better. Have you ever been there? How many of you know God saved you? You know he delivered you. You know he changed your life for the better. But there are times that you can be attacked, whether physically, mentally, emotionally, financially, 
or what have you, and, and you wrestle with your persuasion. And I, and I used to say, Lord, I, I, I wrestle sometimes when certain things attack me when it comes to my persuasion or my belief in you. And he quickly told me, you have to fight the good fight of faith. Because there will always be things, people, demons, and so forth that will try to take away from you what you believe. I believe in healing. But situations that have come up in my body have tried to take away from me what I believe in reference to healing. Somebody going through that this morning that the enemy trying to take from you what you are persuaded about. You have to fight the good fight of faith. You cannot allow the enemy to take from you what you know. You know God heals. You know God delivers. You know God can change lives for the better. Say to your neighbor, hold on to your persuasion. Hebrew writer said it another way. He said, cast not away therefore your confidence. Which equates faith or persuasion. Because it has great reward. It's a benefit in holding on to what you know to be true. You don't just have to talk about healing. You have experienced healing. You don't just have to talk about financial bliss. You have experienced it. You know God would open up windows of heaven, pour you out blessing. You ain't got no room to receive. You know giving works. You have the good measure pressed down, shaken together and running over. You got to hold on to your persuasion. But it's a fight. Because sometimes what it looks like is more real to you than what God said. You can never allow what it looks like to become more powerful to you than what God said. Why? 2 Corinthians 4 and 18. For the things that we see, they're just temporary. It looks like it's going to win, but it can't win if you hold on to your persuasion. It looks like you're not going to come out, but you are going to come out if you hold on to your persuasion. Say to your neighbor, you got to hold on to your persuasion. You got to hold on to your belief. If you're believing that God is going to do something right now that's based upon a promise in his word, you got to hold on to it. Clench your fist and say, I got to hold on. To what you know to be true. You have to hold on to what you know to be true true because if you don't hold on you're operating in dead faith 
Let me show you what James said in James 2. Go there with me. James, the second chapter. Let me read this. J just turn the page a little bit from uh, 2 Timothy and you'll run into James. James 2 and 17. This is what James said. Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. What does he mean? He, he means in one sense faith comes by hearing. You heard it, but you got to do something with it. If you hear it and amen, and it, it's good to amen it, but in order for it to benefit you, you got to do something with it. Don't just hear about giving, give. Man, that was a good message on giving, but you, but did you give? It's one thing to hear it, it's another thing to be benefited by what you hear. And the way you're benefited is when you put it into action. Man, that was powerful. That, that Luke 6 and 38. Give and it shall be given. Good measure. Press down. Sh shaking together and running over. Oh, God, that was powerful. Woo, that was a good mess. But did you do it? If you didn't do it, it's dead faith. Faith comes by. And hearing the word of God, you heard it, but you didn't put it into action. So your faith is dead. Man, that was a good message on healing. I believe God is Jehovah Rapha. You heard it, but did you apply it to your situation? When it comes to working faith, biblically speaking, it says about you that you're going to be diligent at putting what you heard into action so you can get a reward. Let me just read the scripture. Hebrews 11 and 6. Hebrews 11 and 6. If you're still in James, just, just go back one book. Hebrews 11 and 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who what? Working faith says that you're diligent. About performing what you've heard. You believe in God, but you have to perform what God told you. Whether it's a simple task or whether it's a challenging task, you have to perform it. Whether it's something that's, that's simple or complicated, you have to put it in to action and if you do so you're going to be rewarded without faith it is impossible look at the verse to please him for he who comes to God must believe that he is 
is and that he is a rewarder of those that what diligently seek him i got another bad report but i'm still gonna trust god to do what he promised I'm still going through it financially. So I got to I got to keep giving God his tithes and offering. But I'm also going to put an extra 20 on top of that. So Luke 6 and 38 can start manifesting even in a greater way. Because he said, give and it shall be given. Good measure, press down, shaking together and running over. You're being diligent. What's the opposite of diligent? When you get slowful or lazy about doing what God told you to do. God doesn't even deal with sluggers. He tells sluggers to go to the ant and learn how to act. Proverbs 6. Go to the ant and learn what to do. And when you do, come back to me. We have to be to the point to where we work our faith. You got to hear it and put it into action. You got to hear it. And carry it out. Because faith again without works is dead. Somebody needed it is because you you good at amen. You good at quoting scripture. But you back up when it's time to, to, to put what you amen and in the action. And that's not being critical. That's just being real. And I'm trying to encourage you not just to be a hearer. But a doer of the word. Contextually, Paul, in 2 Timothy 1 and 5, was reminiscing. And in reminiscing, he decided in his letter to Timothy to talk about faith. And when he decided to talk about faith in reference to Timothy, he brought up the mothers in Timothy's life. Specifically, his granny, Lois. And his mother, Eunice. 
He brought both of them up in reference to talking about, about faith. And about their faith, something that when you search scripture, is not a common thing for, for somebody to say. An unusual thing, if you will, uh, but unique. He said to Timothy, your granny and your mama had genuine faith. Genuine faith says about you as a person that you don't have no doubts about what God word says to you. If you read it in the word, you just believe it. You may not fully understand it because you're not omniscient or all-knowing. But because you know God changed your life, you know God helped you when you couldn't help yourself. You just trust God and his word because God and his word are synonymous. John 1 and 1 says, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. You trust God and his, his word. He said they, they had genuine faith. One antithesis of genuine is confusion. They, they were not confused when it, when it came to what God could or couldn't do. They knew God could do anything save fail. They knew if God told them to do a particular thing, that he was going to back up his word. God is not a flunky. A wimp or someone that says something and does something else. Now, sometimes we treat God like a flunky. There are times we treat who we call our Lord as if he will say one thing. But do something else. If God told you he was going to heal you, my brother. He going to heal you. You just got to hold on to your faith. You just got to keep your faith genuine. If he told you it was going to work out for your good. Hold on. Even though it's rough. Hold on. Even though you're going through a fiery trial because it's going to work out for your good. You ever read Romans 8, 28? It's a promise. All things work together for the good for those who, who love God. 
who, are, who obey God. Love equates obedience. Who love God and are the call according to his purpose. You can't treat God like he lied when he told you he was going to do something. You got to trust and wait on him to do it. If he said it, he'll do it. He'll bring it to pass. Moses so understood it because he had experienced God firsthand. He told Israel, he, he said, he's not a man that he should lie. Not the son of man that he should repent. Has he not said it? Will he not do it? Will he not make it good? This is for somebody. You've been treating God bad. You've been treating him like an outsider. You've been treating him like he's not omnipotent. He's yet all powerful. He's yet in charge of everything. God has not given his sovereignty to Trump or Biden. God is still sovereign, still in control, and we need to quit acting like somebody else is sitting on the throne. I'm getting happy. He's still the alpha. He's still the omega. He's still the beginning. He's still the ending. He's still the first. He's still the last. He's still the one that was, that is. And it's coming. I like how the Hebrew writer said. The Hebrew writer said. Cast away therefore not your confidence. Which has great reward. But you have need of endurance. That once you have done the will of God. You may receive the promise. For he that shall come. Hebrew writer has some confidence. Some persuasion. He that shall come will come. And he won't delay. Though you don't see your manifestation yet, God is already working on your case. Woo, God is already doing great things for you. God is already turning things around for you. You just got to get your spiritual eyes open and see that God is doing it. You know what Paul said? He'll do exceeding abundantly above all that you ask or think. Woo. I said he will do exceeding seated abundantly above all that you ask or think. Real mothers, mothers of genuine faith, mothers that didn't beat around the bush when it came to raising up their children told them point blank you need God in your life if you ain't got God in your life you ain't gonna make it yeah I know you see this that and the other but without God you
genuine faith. They put into action what they heard. They put it into action. And their faith was so powerful, they wanted it to be instilled in their boy. Lord, say, I got to make sure this gets in my grandson. Eunice say, you're right, mama. We got to make sure Timothy come up to be a man of God. We don't want him whipping around here. We don't want him trying to put on no dresses around here. We want him to be bona fide. You have to recognize when somebody's faith is real. You have to recognize when you see a person that has experienced God's healing, that has experienced God's blessings, whether financial or otherwise. You have to recognize and you have to want to link up with that person. Get this. Eunice saw that her mother Lois had real faith she wasn't going to be in the house with her mama and not connect with that faith if you see that there is a particular level of faith in a church where healing is going on financial bliss is going on you can't sit around as if God doing all that stuff for somebody other than you if it's in the house. If God is manifesting it all over the building, it's for you, child of God. As well. It may have started with brother so-and-so, but it ain't going to end with brother so-and-so. He may have healed brother Randy of cancer, but he's not going to Stop with Brother Ren. Eunice recognized my mama got some genuine faith. I got to hook up with my mama. I got to get what she got. And so when you look at at what Paul said. Lois and Eunice were on the same page. They were on the same page. If you know that sister so and so received what you're looking for God to give you. You need to get on that same page. Don't be jealous. Don't be envious. Don't be trying to find your own way out. If God did it for them, get on your knees and say, Lord, you heal, Brother Randy. I want you to heal me the way you heal him. 
Lord, you bless Deacon Colin and Deacon Todd, but financially, I want those same blessings. But you got to be willing to put your faith into action the same way these particular people put their faith into action. The mother of the Zebedee boys showed up one day and said to Jesus, look, look, I want my sons to sit one on your right side and the other on your left side. And Jesus said, do you think they're able? Do you think they have what it takes to sit on my left and to sit? You got to be willing to do what God tells you to do when it comes to your faith. And if you're willing and just obey him, he will blow your mind. He will do things for you that when you start testifying about it, folk will look at you funny thinking you're uttering lies but you know what the scripture says that God's ways are not the ways of man. Neither are his thoughts. He'll do things that sound incredible. He'll do things that sound like a fantasy but that's just because God is God and he can do anything save fail. Abraham, I know you got faith but Abraham, I need you to take your son. Your only son. And offer him up. Take him to Moriah. It took him days to get there. Ain't no telling how the enemy was attacking his faith. Ain't no telling how the enemy was fighting against the man of God. But Abraham complied. And God said to him one day, because you, you, you have done what you've done, you've not withheld your son, your only son. Dropped on him when he did what he told him to do, Jehovah Jireh. Let Abraham know from this day forward, whatever you need, I'm going to provide it. Whatever you Need, I'm going to provide it. You gotta have real faith. Gotta have genuine faith. You can't have the type faith that, that the enemy can take away. You, you shout on Monday, but then the enemy takes your joy on Tuesday. You can't have that kind of faith. You got to have the kind of faith to where you count it all joy, even though you're going through some hard trials. Even though some rough stuff is taking place in your life, you still turning in victory. And you saying out of your mouth, this too shall God done already told me he was going to bless me. He done already told me he's going to turn things around. And even though it's hot right now, I'm going to give him the praise because I know change is going to take place. 
And it's interesting because when, when, when it comes to Lois and Eunice possessing genuine faith, their name, which represents especially in, in Hebrew and Greek, carrot. Qualities. Traits. Their names, or the meaning of their names, speaks volumes in reference to why Paul deemed them mothers with genuine faith. Lois, her name means completely agreeable. Completely in compliance with what one has been told to think, <laughs> talk, and do. That's Lois. And, and, and when it comes to faith, that's essential. You got to think faith. You got to talk faith. And you got to do faith. That sounded so good. Can y'all help me with that? When it comes to faith, you got to think faith. You got to talk faith. And you got to Lois. That's Lois. And, and the reason she could walk with God it is because she was in line with Amos 3 and 3. Can two walk together except they be in agreement? You can't be, as, as James puts it, double-minded. One minute you're walking with God, but then the next minute you're walking with the report. You have to be in compliance with God's will. You're not going to ignore the report, but you're not going to allow that report to be over what God told you. Yeah, I see what y'all said, but God told me something different. So I, I know the, the question has been asked, whose report I'm going to believe. I'm going to believe God's report because he has never lied. But I know you have lied. She was in compliance. And I'm not saying Lois was the type person that dotted every I and crossed every T. Because there is no one that has been without sin except our Lord. But she had a drive in her to comply with the will of God. And that same drive has to be in all mothers of faith as well as all brothers and sisters of faith. You got to have that same drive to daily think, talk, and do according to faith the written and revealed will of God 
But then there is the meaning of Eunice's name. Very unique meaning. Happily conquering. You hear me? Happily conquering. Now, it's one thing to be happy in conquering things, but, but you also have to look at the big picture. That means that things are going to be attacking you. So, Sometimes we, we act like we, we are not going to have to fight stuff. You are told to put on the whole armor of God. Paul, in writing to Timothy, told Timothy that that he has to be a soldier. You're going to have to fight. Jesus himself said, there's an enemy and he's coming to steal, kill, and destroy. See, you can never think just because you're going through a battle that you're going to be taken out. Because some folk, when they get to going through things, instead of them fighting, They'll yield and let the enemy have his way. But again, her name, happily conquering. Now in Romans, the 8th chapter, Paul called the church more than conquerors. What? Me? Yeah, you. At age 61, you're more than a conqueror. What's your age? Whatever it is, if you're Christian, you're more than a conqueror. Say it to the Corinthians, he will not put no more on you than you can handle. That means whatever you're going through right now, you can conquer. You too busy looking at what's going on to where you're not recognizing how powerful you are in Christ. I got to close it, but tell somebody you're more than a conqueror. Now you need to take on the spirit of Eunice. You need to be happy about conquering. And that starts with that starts with you. Thinking right, talking right, and doing right. You got to know you can conquer whatever is attacking your mind, your body, your finances, your emotions, or whatever. You have to know that you're more than a conqueror. You're going to demolish what's trying to take you down. Say to your neighbor, this thing has to go. If it's in your body, if it's been wrestling with you in mind, you got to tell, you got to go. You have got to go.
Some things God will allow to, to stay there it, until you decide to put a whipping on it. Woo, I got to remind you one more time. Say to somebody, you're more than a conqueror. Shout it at somebody, you're more than a conqueror. And then shout out, therefore, quit acting like a wimp. Put your dupes up and act like you're more than a conqueror. Get your knees right and quit. You got to do like Joshua. You got to put your foot on the neck of the enemy. You may have took out so and so, but you're not going to take out me. I'm more than a conqueror. Sit, sit down for a minute. This is what really bothers me. And I'm getting ready to close. Just hold on. Let me, let me just talk a little bit. No, I'm serious. Let me, let me talk a little bit. H have you noticed that some saints... It's like they complain more than they celebrate. I don't know if, it's, if, if you've been looking at CNN too much, Fox, or you've been hanging around folk. You ain't got no business hanging around or, or just you done turn in, in the gloomy so-and-so. I, I don't know what the problem is, but you have some saying, you be like, man, is she still saved? Because every time I talk to her, she's talking about everything wrong in her life. Is anything right? You know you got up this morning. You know you walk in here. You know you drive in a car that somebody would love to have. You know you stand somewhere that somebody wouldn't mind staying in your house. You're talking like you're in a casket, but you know you still. Get, get, get this. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. What does that mean? We have power to put to flight with our words. Whatever it is that's trying to take us away. Jesus said to the enemy, get the hints. You know what the enemy did? Left. When you are complaining, what do you think the enemy going to do? Do you remember Paul said to the church of Ephesus, don't give no to the enemy. You have to stand on God's word. You have to stand on it. You are more than a conqueror.
You have to know that in whatever situation you're in. When Paul said it, he was in jail. He in jail telling folk they're more than conquerors. Jesus on the cross letting his disciples know, look, I'm going to die, but hey, I'm, I'll see y'all in a few days. He had to show them you're more than conquerors. I tell folks, I ain't going nowhere until it's my time. I may be in the best of health, and it's my and it's my time. I'm going. <laughs> you can be in the worst of health, but if but if God still got purpose, it ain't your time. You need to start recognizing that God is not done with you. But when you get off God's page and get on the enemy's page, whatever the enemy has said, that's what's going to happen. You're more than a conqueror. It needs to be in your spirit certain things. Like this too shall God can do anything save fail when the enemy comes in like a flood what's going on the spirit of the Lord shall what lift up a standard against him what does that say to you that, that when the enemy comes in and it seems like the enemy is consuming you you need to recognize Holy Spirit, take over. Holy Spirit, don't let the enemy go no further according to what God's word has decreed. Why? You're more than a conqueror. I'm going to stop right there. Let's give the Lord a hand of praise. Woo, let's give him a hand of praise.